Photo Shelter presents Vision Slightly Blurred. I'm Alan Murabayashi. And I'm Sarah Jacobs. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, Sarah. You can't deny that in Washington right now, there is just stuff going on every single day. Oh, yeah. Like mind-numbing amount of stuff coming at you. Yeah. And one of the things that came out recently was an image of Nancy Pelosi in a meeting with Donald Trump um, that a lot of people have put into the category of accidental renaissance. And there's this thing, I guess, on social media when an image looks like it might have been a painting coming out of the renaissance. Uh, You know, you have this hashtag, accidental renaissance. And this particular image fell into that category. And it's notable for a few reasons. First of all, Unlike the former White House chief photographer, Pete Souza, the current chief photographer, Shayla Craighead, has been kind of flying under the radar, in part because the administration isn't as interested in putting out a lot of content as I think the Obama administration was or as Pete Souza was. Uh, So it was interesting to see that this particular image kind of blew up uh, in a small way in social media. And then to have this particular image be used by President Trump as proof of Nancy Pelosi going off the rails and then Pelosi then appropriating the image for her Twitter cover image and saying, no, this is this is me being a badass. Just, I mean, every day you're like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the image really caught the attention of a lot of people. And I saw uh, some discussions going on on Facebook And we also came across an article in Vogue where they interviewed four art experts about this image. And I thought we could talk about it today. Yeah. Let's describe the image because there's a lot happening in it. I better pull it up. So first of all, if if you haven't seen the image, you can go to the official White House Flickr account. Right. And download, because it's in the public domain, a 3,000 by 2,000 image. So. It the, is the, fa- yeah. the fact that this image is in the public domain is just like yeah, chef's yeah. kiss. Like I, I don't understand why they, why they published it. <laughs> well, I think they 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 thought it was maybe either telling a story, a pro-Trump story, or uh-huh. maybe they thought it was innocuous, or uh, uh-huh. who knows? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's in the public domain because we the people pay for it's taxpayer money that pays for this, right? Right, and for the Flickr account. Apparently. Um, So in this particular image, it is a bunch of people sitting around a long oval conference table. Uh, Republicans on the right of the frame, Democrats on the left of the frame. Trump is kind of prominently in there. Uh, I see a couple other cabinet members there. uh, Steve Mnuchin Uh, on the left side. You see Chuck Schumer and then Nancy Pelosi uh, wearing a trademark blue suit standing, pointing with her index finger at the president. She has been described as the only woman in the room, but that is not true. There's a, there's an aide sitting behind her that, who is female, um, but she's clearly the only female at the table. Mm. Um, in an otherwise very old white male mm-hmm. uh, audience. So in that respect, it's, it's super interesting. So some of what uh, the art critics were saying... <laughs> What were they, <clears throat> what were they saying? So uh, first of all, I I thought so. You know, we started by saying this is an accidental Renaissance shot, and uh, one of the first art critics uh, that commented on this Vogue uh, article, uh, Chloe Esselmont, 
uh, co-editors of the former Twitter account Tabloid Art History. So Chloe actually says, oftentimes when accidental renaissance is used, the style is actually Baroque. So I said, well, I don't actually know the difference. Yeah, me either. So the Baroque style is to have this uh, like action-filled image mm. and you have um, a lot of uh, dynamic movement and maybe the horizon is kind of tilted and it's a, it's a decisive moment in that, that respect mm. with a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll talk about the Jeff Buteau image in a little bit. Um, that was a very Baroque-style image. This particular image by Sheila Craighead level horizon a moment in time but but more of like a quiet moment in time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not energy filled not in the middle of a emotion um a lot of symmetry going on is very renaissance mm. so some of the uh the discussion going on uh Marianne Soray says uh, the composition has a lot of stillness very common in 18th century historical paintings uh, Angela Mack, who's the chief curator of the Gibbs Museum of Art in Charleston, South Carolina, said, uh, kind of reminds her of The Last Supper, kind of reminds her of Norman Rockwell's Thanksgiving <laughs> yeah. picture. Yeah, I really liked the point that um, Angela made about the table. I mean, obviously, that's a prominent thing within the photograph, but she said, most table scenes in art history are viewed as opportunities for people to get together and to understand one another. Um, but the Pelosi and Trump photo really represents a very different concept. Like, clearly, is that, I mean, that's smart. You're kind of arguing. Right. It, but, but, you know, yeah. in that sense, not, not so dissimilar from maybe a family argument at, at Thanksgiving. True. <laughs> that's <laughs> Depends true. on what family you come from, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I thought the art experts had a very academic take in terms of trying to contextualize what accidental renaissance meant and saying, well, it's often misconstrued with the Baroque period and then pulling in these uh, different analogous moments in art, art pieces that, that reminded them of this particular photograph. Mm -hmm. On a Facebook group run by Flack Photo, uh, an artist named Leslie Tucker said, this reminds me of a neoclassical painting Although not exact composition, the iconic David painting called The Intervention of the Sabine Women. Uh, and we'll, we'll post this on our IGTV episode. So the Sabines were, uh, before the Roman Empire, they lived in Italy. I, I looked this up today. And uh, part of the genesis of the Roman Empire was the Romans going in and uh, pillaging the Sabines. And uh, uh, the rape of the Sabine women um, is often depicted in art. But in this particular image, it's a Sabine woman kind of separating warring factions. Hmm. Not completely analogous to the Pelosi, but, but yeah. having a, a, a central female figure uh, that sort of illuminated in a way that, that makes her very prominent in the photo is very evocative of this White House photo. What else was happening on Flack? So this is kind of interesting. <laughs> So there's there's the art angle yeah. happening on Flack. And then Andrea Wise, who's a photojournalist, said, if this is an official White House photo, then regardless of its photographic merit, it's not a news photograph. It's propaganda. The source of the photo matters. Mm. Another uh, photographer in this group chimed in, if it's propaganda for you, what agenda is the photograph pushing and who is pushing it? 
aren't photographs that document public figures in history inevitably presenting their personal politics, if not pushing an agenda or propaganda, even if subconscious and unintended, is any photographer whose subject is people ever an objective observer. Mm. Of course, being uh, a photographer who has an interest in photojournalism, I, I couldn't resist putting my my own comments in uh-huh. there and and i that? said the position of photojournalism has always been that if an independent press cannot capture the scene and is reliant on a handout from the white house then it's not a news image ergo it's propaganda mm. and the same criticism was, was cast on pete Souza's work oh yeah that's uh, because true. the obama uh, administration was notorious for actually yeah. restricting press access Mm -hmm. and for as many people that love the quality of photo that pete was able to create and there's no doubt that he's a great talented gifted photographer who captured the obama presidency in a way that few presidencies have been captured Mm -hmm. there is no doubt that it was a marketing campaign it was like lifestyles of obama it was not a news uh, it was they were not news images in the traditional photojournalism sense. Yeah, yes, definitely. His staff of photographers. One of the most um, iconic images of the Obama administration in my mind is him boarding a plane with a rainbow behind him. <laughs> right. Okay, like that's just that's propaganda right there. Um, that actually wasn't taken by Pete Souza. That was taken by Amanda Lucidon, but. Yeah, I, I I mean I agree. And, and Sheila was the only person photographer in the room. In the room, yeah, right. And and it's not that you know I'm sure there might have been other photographers on the tarmac who shot similar images. It's not it's not the content per se, and it's not the the political leanings of the photographer per se. That's the issue with photojournalists. It's that they were given a photo to use rather than saying, here's a place for you to document the scene, how you want to uh, see it. The other thing I'll point about about this particular issue, um, you know, Pete Souza, uh, as with many White House photographers, as far as I know, is the last line of defense in terms of he rubber stamps the image. This is good. This is bad. The photo editors in the White House report to the chief photographer. Mm. In a news organization, the photo editor and the DOP sit above the photographer. They can question, how did you take this image? What were the circumstances for this image? Your caption doesn't make sense for what we know was going on at the time. Mm -hmm. It's a level of protection over the veracity of the image that does not exist in the administration's photographers, whether it's Republican or Democrat. Well, I think that's one thing that makes this image so confusing Because it did come from a White House photographer Mm -hmm. and it can be viewed in so many ways. A perfect example of that is Trump getting ahead of the news, tweeting it himself, saying, you know, look at like an unhinged Pelosi. I believe that's what he tweeted. Unhinged. yeah. Yeah. And then but then Pelosi then makes that same image, her Twitter background um, header. So it's. I don't know. I find that so fascinating about this particular picture and and how we as a country read it. It can be read both ways like so easily. And I'm and I'm actually surprised that they let it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it 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 does kind of emphasize 
this this notion that the photo itself has no meaning with without a caption, mm-hmm. without understanding the context in which it was made, understanding what was happening in the room, uh, does it really mean anything? And yeah. I and I and I go back to the image of um, the Osama bin Laden raid. I have that in my notes as well. Right. It, I mean, it made me think of that. Uh, where Hillary has this look yep. on her face, mm-hmm. and I would say ninety nine percent of the people thought it was like a like a gulp. If I'm remembering correctly, yeah, like, no, oh. it's it's like a it's like a oh my god, right. this is happening. But in her recollection of the event, she's like, no, I was just like clearing my throat. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, and, <laughs> that's and, really funny. But you see this used a lot. I mean, that's the the trouble with the still image is yeah. it's literally a 60th of a second, a 200th of a second. Mm-hmm. And an expression can change in a second. That, absolutely. Right? I, I mean, I love that photo um, that was taken by Pete Souza in the Situation Room. Um, and it it did. It made me think this new photo made me think of that one because that's another instance where there's only two women in the room and the rest are men. Um, and it's the woman who is showing the most emotion, um, which isn't even a lot within that one Pete Souza shot where Hillary's, you know, kind of her hands over her mouth and who knows, we don't know exactly what she's watching, um, but it's intense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but again, right, that's propaganda. You know, it's propaganda because the administration is pushing a narrative that the independent press doesn't, doesn't get. Um, and one of the follow-up comments that I made in this, this Facebook group is, you know, recently North Korea came out with a series of images of Kim Jong-un on a white horse uh, at a mountain that's sacred in North Korean mythology. And the North Korean, obviously, the the press is controlled by the government there. What is so different about the handout from the North Korean news agency of Kim Jong-un on a horse versus the Trump administration pushing out images where no other photographer is in the room? It's the same thing. Right. The difference is (laughs) Twitter.com gets to interpret it. That's, That's true. And so there's the difference. It's Yeah, it's that we get a say in like what we think is happening in the photo and and making memes of it right. you know what i mean and like that kind of thing um even even youtuber uh tyler oakley was tweeting about this just being like i he's like i am mystified that trump tweeted this picture does he not realize how strong iconic assertive unwavering pelosi looks or how this picture is a perfect encapsulation of the times he's a mess so we have youtubers commenting on like I mean, it's wild. It, it's strange to me because I have always considered Trump to be this very media savvy character. You mm-hmm. know, he came from television. His whole career has sort of been on creating this uh, narrative about how great he is. Um, and he seems to understand, you know, he's the norm busting guy who who uses Twitter in a way that's sort of mind blowing to people. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's effective. It's effective for his base. They love it. They mm-hmm. love it. Yes. And then to have this image kind of come out and him use it in a certain way and then have it immediately appropriated by by the most powerful woman in US politics. It's weird. It is. It doesn't surprise me that it's a Sheila Craighead picture. Um, I was looking for, Vogue didn't credit her, but then, so then I was like, wait, I have to know who took this. Yeah, yeah. So that led me to the White House Flickr, which I was surprised was still active and they, and they are still crediting and posting. And then I've, I know Sheila's work. Um, 
And she was with the Bushes during the Bush administration documenting them. So this woman has so much practice. So even if the picture, uh, I don't know, is being interpreted in a way that she might not have intended or whatever, I'm, I'm like happy for her that it like got out there and is like being seen by like so many eyeballs. Like it doesn't surprise me that it's a well-composed, just like she nailed the shot. She's good. Yeah. And, and it's funny then to see some criticism. I mean, people, people have railed at her for working for Trump. Uh-huh. Um, and I understand that sentiment. I mean, everyone, yeah. everyone chooses to work for a particular president and, and whatnot. And it can be, um, people can see a lot of moral conflict in that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But people were also saying, you know, it's not as impactful a photo because she wasn't close to Pelosi and Trump. People, she's at the end of the table. Where is she supposed <laughs> she to sit? She physically can't get closer to the President Pelosi. So, you know, it's a situation where if the focal length of the lens, if the lens choice was different, you don't get the stuff happening on the periphery. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think I think it's a pretty good photo for the scene. I don't know how else you would have taken it. You could have, you could have been behind Trump while Pelosi is pointing, um, but I think it changes the dynamic, the interplay. Yeah. It 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 just changes the composition of photo. It, you know, it is does. it is it powerful? Is it more powerful? I, who knows? Yeah. Uh, some of the like the art historians and the curators um, were talking about that Pelosi's head is like at equal yeah. height with the George Washington bust. And that that also kind of lends to it being more iconic or Renaissance-like, which I thought was interesting. I thought it was an interesting observation. I'm not sure how many people pick up on those subtle cues mm-hmm. and whether at the end of the day that is a very academic yeah. point of view that doesn't yes. relate to the way the public assimilates the photo. Sure. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I didn't know what bust was behind like on either side right. until I read about it. I was like, yeah. oh, it's Benjamin Franklin, hey. Yeah, and I didn't really see the the <laughs> levelness of her head with the bust, like oh, all okay. these these things. Yeah. And then, you know, they made they made some references to some historical images where mm-hmm. the person standing next to the bust was, you know, about equality and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a stretch. It's a yeah, little bit of a stretch, a stretch for me. Yeah. For me. But uh, I don't, what isn't a stretch is the body language of the people sitting around yeah. Trump and also around Pelosi. Um, and it's kind of been analyzed uh, on various media sites. I mean, there's so many people closing their eyes and their heads are just sort of down <laughs> on the Trump side. Ooh. And then you've right. got the Pelosi side where there's just the body language is reading as more engaged. And like, that's an important aspect of the photo too. And, and, and the perspective of Sheila from where she was you know, how she decided to shoot it um, showed all those things, which, yeah. Looking at this photo made me consider this idea of what makes a photo iconic. And, you know, when I think of iconic news photos and, and politics photos, there's been a number of photos that came out of, you know, the Black Lives Matter protests. Uh, a, a lot of protest images become iconic because of some construction and composition of the image. Um, And so do the iconic images end up, you know, we say, oh, it looks like a painting. Mm. Maybe that's kind of the key thing that the, that the 
the composition seems so incredibly well thought out mm-hmm. that it seems almost fake in a way. Yeah. And that becomes iconic. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm thinking of, I mean, you mentioned Black Lives Matter movement. I'm thinking of that one shot of the woman in the middle of the road, just yep. very gracefully as these, you know, heavily armed police force is like barging towards her. I mean that, and that's so painterly, right? Like yeah. that shot. Yeah. That image was taken by Jonathan Bachman and a lot of people have written well, there was one big medium essay mm. where the guy deconstructed the cracks in the road oh, man. and it looks like stormtroopers against Princess Leia, oh, you know, yeah. because they're yes. heavily militarized. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that that's an interesting take yeah. on it. Yeah. Uh, there was an image a few years back. Actually, it was last Just year, last October. Year. Yeah. yeah. Taken by uh, a photojournalist named David Buteau. Uh, it, it's happening in the... Uh, SCOTUS confirmation hearing of Brett Kavanaugh. And it is a negotiation between Jeff Flake and Chris Coons, two senators. And the crazy thing about it to me is that you can watch the C-SPAN video of this happening and you see a gaggle of photographers running towards the the dais where they're all perched. Um, And Buteau is just in the right position. Mm. And I wrote a, a piece on the Photo Shelter blog about it, and I compared the angle that he had uh, with other photographers that were there and why their images weren't as successful. Mm-hmm. And to me, and part of it is also the, this very muted toning that he has on the image, it literally looks like, like a painting. It's so, yes. It, I was thinking of that as well, because it was part of that like Renaissance-like you know, f- photographs. That one is way more aesthetically pleasing than than the Pelosi. Yeah, pick. yeah, yeah. But 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 this is this is the Baroque moment, not oh, the Renaissance oh, moment, okay. right? Where yes, there's action. The gest- there's literally gestures of the hands here. You have the guys with the arm like listening intently. <laughs> yes. You know, there's a guy going like this in the image. I mean, it's unbelievable when you look at this this photo. It really, really is. And Flake is just hit, the emotion on his face yeah. is like. And the positioning of the heads, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just no overlap uh, between the important elements of that image, which just separate the heads exactly like a painting. Mm -hmm. And and once again, it's unbelievable to see this thing happen in video and know that this moment was there for half a second before somebody shifted their position (laughs) and that moment wasn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that to me is a remarkable thing. Even, you know, you could say, well, the Craighead image isn't that compelling and maybe Pelosi was there pointing (laughs) for a minute but maybe that was one gesture and that was it yeah or maybe Trump turned away or maybe somebody else at the table turned away and they weren't in that same position yeah she got it right as they were locking eyes and like that is the most important part of the picture I think is the fact that they are making Trump and Pelosi are making eye contact yeah. Man, I love accidental renaissance. I know. Or accidental Baroque, whatever the case may be. Yeah, especially when it involves politics. Like, there's just something about that where you're just like, hell yeah. It's kind of a throwback, you know? Yeah. People negotiating or getting into to battle, verbal battles or whatnot. Right. I mean, thank God we don't have accidental Baroque with beheadings, and, you know? Right. We don't need any of that. No. <laughs> No more. We don't need any like Hamilton. I just keep thinking of Hamilton since I saw the musical. <laughs> so photojournalists, yeah, Sarah's been going off on on Hamilton. I'm into it. Yeah, like I a decade deny. after it came out or whatever, whatever it's been. <laughs> <laughs> 
photojournalists, keep doing your thing because we're loving these incredibly well-composed images that happen in a blink of an eye and somehow you guys are capturing it. And also, hey, since you're listening to this podcast, make sure you go to Apple and give us a little rating and leave us a little comment. We'd love to know what you're uh, up to and what you think about these podcasts. Or leave us a comment on Twitter at Photoshelter, and we'll see you next time. Photoshelter is the online leader for photography websites and workflow tools. Archive, distribute, and sell your photos in a mobile-friendly, responsive website. Try one free for 14 days at Photoshelter.com slash podcast. Then download one of our free educational guides at photoshelter.com slash resources.